Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Monday, October 10th edition. Thank you all for tuning into the program today. You can listen on WINB, on WWCR, and of course, for more ways to listen, Simply go to the listen page at weekendvigilante.com. Go to the listen page and you can see a variety of ways to listen, including the daily show, the live daily show on MixLR. That's at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And of course, the customized app. That's the Weekend Vigilante app for smart devices and Androids that's customized for you. That's a really cool app. Do check that out. And I'm paying a lot of money for them, so please do take advantage of those. And also, you can download the podcast, Take the Show on the Go. I even said, I guess now you can even take me in the pool because some of these iPhone, I think the iPhone 7 someone told me is waterproof. That is a dedicated listener right there. Hey, and don't forget to like me on social media. The social media icons are right at the top right on the pink bar on my website, WeCan'tVigilante.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And there's a lot of new listeners. If you have not signed up for my free e-newsletter, do so. And I'll also send you a copy of Colloquialisms, that ebook of all the one-of-a-kind Steve Quayle phrases. Only phrases that Steve Quayle can put together. He has such a way with words, doesn't he? I'm doing a very little quick overview on the presidential debate last night. It'll be in the podcast archives later. So be watching for that. And I want to jump right into the show because it is a very, very important teaching for you ladies. My guest is my friend and my co-writer on the book, Power Prayers, Warfare That Works, Minister from Texas, Carla Butad. Welcome to the program. It is a pleasure to have you back on. Hey, Sheila. Thanks so much. I'm excited about this teaching tonight. Yes, I'm very excited about it, too, for the ladies, because I'll tell you what, this is a very important show entitled The Curse of the Woman. Very powerful, and we're going to do some deliverance at the end. Now, it's important that people know, at the fall, the earth received a curse, the serpent received a curse, Adam received a curse and Eve received a curse. But since we're women, we're going to get into the curse of the woman. Now, in chapter three of Genesis and looking at the origin, of course, in Genesis 3.16, we find the divine curse on the woman. I'm going to read it here to you. It says, to the woman, he being God said, I will greatly multiply your pain. And the Hebrew text says, in pain, you shall bring forth children Yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall 
rule over you. Now, it's kind of interesting here because the plight of woman in this world has kind of been pretty difficult when you go back and you look throughout human history. Women have been the slaves of men. They've been treated as second class, and they have in most cultures belonged to men for their own usage, for whatever the men commanded and whatever the men desired. I mean, even look at childbearing took a woman to the brink of death in ancient times. Even so today in third world countries, women go into pregnancy realizing that they could die to say nothing again of losing the child they've carried in their womb. So forget mortality rates, but throughout human history, up until about modern times, men have actually held the power of life and death over women. And in some cases, Carla, they still do today. Yes. In some societies, it really is more prevalent than others. But yeah, at one time, I really resented being a woman. In fact, this is basically how I stumbled across this revelation. You know, I always say that God gave to me, but actually it's in my own searching of these things that I stumble across these revelations that I believe God really wants us to know. And in my case, I was pregnant with my first child. I was 25 years old. Um, I was very excited to be pregnant and to be having this baby, except whenever I started looking at how the baby would get here. The birthing process was not something I looked forward to. I had always been a big baby when it comes to pain. You know, I'd still cry as an adult when I would get a shot, which was just ridiculous, but I didn't like pain. And so here I am looking at this um, birthing process that in the movies, when I would watch these westerns, these women would be holding on to the to the headboard, writhing and screaming, and, you know, there was people boiling water, and it was always a very tense time. The children would be sitting in another room hearing all of this. You know, it just, gosh, I was thinking, I don't know if I want to have a baby or not, but here was the baby. It was already in me. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to have to come out. And so one day when I was just sitting there thinking about it, um, I had a little conversation with God, and as I usually do, I talk to him out loud. And I said to him, you know what, Lord, when I get to heaven, I am going to hunt Eve down, and I'm going to punch her in the nose (laughs) because it's her fault that I'm going to have to experience this pain that I'm looking at. And um, as he so sweetly is when I'm mouthing off about these kind of things, he said, really, what would you have done if you had been in Eve's place? And then, of course, I quickly repented and, oh, Lord, forgive me. I I would have eaten it. I would have been right there with Eve. I would have done exactly what she did. But what am I supposed to do with it? Who can I blame for this? Who can I be mad at (laughs) about this pain that I'm going to have to be having? And so I realized a scripture came to my mind. Galatians 3.13, it talks about how Jesus was made a curse. He became a curse. He suffered the consequence of the curse on the cross. And so I was a born-again Christian, so I'm thinking, wait a minute. If he became the curse, if he was made a curse, if he took the consequences for the curse, then why should I? have to have the consequences. If he did it, why should I have to suffer this pain? At that moment, Sheila, it became so real to me. 
I mean, I take these things seriously. When Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross, he took upon himself every disease, every pain. In fact, in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, I did a breakdown on all those words. And every single thing that is in the breakdown of those two words covers every affliction, disease, mental torment, emotional upset, everything that we would ever experience. He took it on the cross before it would ever come to us. And so in that moment, I realized that I did not have to have pain, that that curse that came on Eve and all women born after that, that curse no longer was mine because I've been redeemed from that curse through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, I got so excited. You know, it's almost like, I know I've mentioned this on your show before when I was facing that really bad uh, back surgery that I was going to have to ask because I couldn't have babies until I had the back surgery. But I had such tremendous fear, and my brother told me that Jesus could take my fear. And so I began to pray about that, and God did take my fear. That is when I knew that I knew, that I knew, that I knew, that God was real. He heard my prayer. He answered. And so I was just as excited about this piece of knowledge that God gave me that I was about being delivered from fear and also knowing that God was real. He's a personal God. He's not just this big something up there that we're not sure he hears us or you know, that's the way I used to live. I've talked to him. I was never sure if he could really hear me. Is he listening? You know, all of that. But no, it was very real to me that that curse was broken on the cross and that I did not have to have this pain in childbirth. And guess what? I had three babies in three years, and I did not have any pain when I gave birth to my babies. It was absolutely a miracle. The nurses couldn't believe it. The doctor couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, but I had never experienced the pain to even know what a miracle I had experienced because I'd never had a baby before. I even called my back doctor that did the surgery to ask him if he had severed any nerves (laughs) or anything in that back surgery that would have caused me not to have back pain. And he said, Honey, I wasn't anywhere near anything to do with that. And I said, well, I was just checking because I wanted to make sure that this truly was not that I was misunderstanding what the word meant. That is a miracle. Well, let me tell you, with three boys, and they're not tiny babies, I had excruciating pain with all three. So I sure wish I had a had this and appropriated this at that point. But it's interesting. The word says, and this is what I find so fascinating. It says, I will greatly multiply your pain. It's an interesting Hebraic phrase. The construction literally says this, causing to be great, I shall cause to be great your sorrow. There's two different components there. And he says it twice. The word great by the word, the word pain, it's a word that means when you do a study of this, the word pain is actually, it means grief and sorrow. But what I find interesting, Carla, is that guess where else you read the words grief and sorrow? Isaiah 53, 4 through 5, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. So I found it really interesting that when you look at the affliction, the weaknesses of men that we are, Jesus Christ didn't just take sin to the cross. He took our penalty for sin on the cross. He took our weaknesses, our afflictions, our grief, our depression, our pain, our vexations. He took it all to the cross. And you know what I think, Carlos? I think people just kind of have a disconnect with that of what Jesus Christ did voluntarily on the cross because, you know, hey, it was 2,000 years ago, nothing to see here, folks. I don't think people really get what Jesus did, do they? I don't think so. I think as I go through my Christian walk and as I tell people, you know, that in these last days, as vessels of Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ is in it. We don't really get that either, that Jesus Christ dwells in us. He lives in us. And so in these last days, people, desperate people, are going to start putting a demand on the Jesus in us. And what I did that day, sitting in that chair, pregnant and looking at what was before me, I put a demand on Jesus in that particular situation, and the results was miraculous. And I think that if we would just begin to do this, you know, put a demand on Jesus when we are in financial straits. Put a demand on Jesus when we have marital discord. Put a demand on Jesus in every area of our lives. Then we would begin to tap into the miraculous that he holds in all these areas. Yeah, we go to the stockbroker, the banker, the marriage counselor. We go to the witch doctor. I still call it witch doctor. We go, we, we go everywhere but God. That's a problem, isn't it? It is. It is. And plus, the fact that we don't see the power of God being demonstrated when God's people come together. I believe that every time there is a corporate gathering of God's people, there should be the miraculous taking place. And I'm not talking about feathers falling and jewels (laughs) falling. That's not what I'm... I'm talking about what Jesus did. He cleansed the lepers. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. Those are the things I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that Jesus did, the miracles. Those are the things that whenever I got saved, I'm telling you, I was so excited, but... Everywhere I went, I was disappointed. And I've used this little illustration before, too, I think, on one of your earlier shows. But I liken it to, let's just say, before the wheel was invented. Let's say people walked everywhere. They had to walk everywhere they went. And then somebody invented a bicycle. And you hear about this bicycle, and you go, and there's a big crowd of people. They've heard about the bicycle. They want to see the bicycle. And so they roll out the bicycle and say, listen, we've been walking, but here is something that you can get on and get to where you want to go 10 times faster than it would take you if you were walking. So everybody hears about this wonderful invention, but nobody ever gives you a bicycle and lets you ride it. You just keep hearing about the bicycle and hearing about the bicycle. That's how I felt when I first got saved. I'm reading about Jesus, and then I go to church, and I hear a sermon about Paul, and Paul's journey here, and Paul's journey there. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Jesus and the power of God 
to change my life from one place to another. I don't want to just go to church and hear a little story and, you know, see everybody and hug everybody and all of this and go home and you go right back to the same mess that your life is in. No, I was looking for something life-changing, and that's the Jesus that I have found. And that's why, you know, even though this revelation about this curse of the woman being broken off of my life is something that I thought worthy to revisit. Because for a long time, I shared it with a few people, but they all look at me like I am crazy. But you know what? I don't care. I'm going to share it because you know what? Every once in a while, somebody listens, somebody starts doing it, and they get the same results. And then I hear about it. So I'm not holding back anymore the things that God has shown me and done and made real in my life. And, of course, the younger people coming up, we have bought the lies rather than the truth. When you get to be about, oh, 40 years old, you're going to need bifocals. Oh, when you get to be about this age, you're not going to be able to go all night without having to get up and pee. When you get to be this age, oh, your skin is going to dry out. You're going to shrivel up like an old prune. You're going to lose your sex drive. You know, you'll have to take stuff to go to the bathroom. Just crazy stuff. Yes, along with your bifocals, you'll need Depends, Diapers, and Geritol, and Ben Gay, and Preparation H. Society tells women you'll have perimeno and menopause, probably last in 10 years or so, mood swings, hot flashes, depression. You'll get all your female parts removed. The list goes on and on to really the point of nausea. I know it. And, and then what it really does is it sets us up for discontent. Even when God showed me all of this, women weren't doing to themselves what they're doing today. Society has caused us to be dissatisfied with who we are so that we've got to improve everything. Now the plastic surgery, all the fakery, it's just sad that society tells us all these things. And then what do we have to look forward to? Yeah, but the key word is there, society. The world tells us these things. And I'll tell you what, you ladies out there, you better be careful who you allow to speak these word curses over you. Oh, it's all downhill after 40. Men just want younger, more attractive women. Women get ugly. Men get dignified. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. It's all downhill. Life is just hell after a certain age. You better be careful what words you allow to be spoken over you and what you receive. Well, that's true. And I I remember a time that Mike's dad brought some candy to our office. We have a little business, and Mike and I were in there together. It was mom and pop operation, and now I say it's just a pop operation because mom's left the building. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, his dad brought us a bag of candy, and I was unpacking the candy. And down in the bottom was a box with a tube of Preparation H. And I held it up. And said, um, oh, hey, did you mean to give me this? And he jumped up and he said, oh, no, no, that's mine. I need that. And then he said, and you'll need it too one day. I said, no, I won't. Yeah, yeah, you will if you live long enough. See, that's what society tells us. But, no, I, I have you know my plumbing works fine. I don't. I didn't even know that most women got hemorrhoids after having a baby. 
I didn't have hemorrhoids. That's part of the curse. And so many things that we suffer, like cramps during our cycles, excessive bleeding, cysts and fibroid tumors, all of those things are connected to this curse that was placed on woman. And you know what? I want to go back to that multiplied sorrow. I even wondered, of course, there's no way we can know because the fall took place in Chapter 3. We don't really have a way of knowing how it would have been before the fall because the fall took place right in the beginning. But I don't believe that we were designed to have the possibility of getting pregnant every month or that every egg would be fertilized and and result in a baby. I almost think that that there would have been a certain number of children, but because of the fall, it's going to be now multiplied sorrow in childbirth. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's just a thought that I had. I have no way of proving that. But because the curse said multiplied sorrow, it sounds to me like it's going to be more than it was meant to be. I think a lot of women do feel like they got the raw deal. You know, all the troubles of women, that was not the original design of God. Sin brought it in, therefore corrupted the original relationship between man and women, women and child, and it made things really hard. Like we talk about this in our book that Adam and Eve just didn't drop dead right there. They actually started a process of well, what did sin bring? It brought death, decay, decline, disintegration, and right. diminishing. The word die means a slow, gradual diminishing. So we can turn these things around, though. That's the the whole point of this. And I think that Psalm 103.5, that's the best anti-aging ever. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. A lot of women do say, PMS, there's an acronym they have, putting up with men's stuff. Well, it's actually not really stuff, but fill in the blank. <laughs> really? But, I never heard that one. <laughs> but I mean, still, like, we think we got a raw deal, though. Well, in that department, you know, our hormones are being jerked around every month, and, and it does feel like we got the raw end of the deal. But I want to read, you mentioned Psalm 103. I just want to read those first five scriptures. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, you know, we don't even really hear all of his benefits to even forget them. We just never even learn them. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That's basically what we're talking about here today with the curse of the woman. He has redeemed our life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. We can actually, there's a scripture in Romans, I think it's 8 verse 2, that says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, see, sin came in at the fall and also death by sin. Mm -hmm. So that's what we were talking about. When God said, for the day you eat of it, you shall surely die, when they ate of it, death came in. If they had never eaten from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, there would have never been any sickness. They would not have 
aged, the aging process, when you think about a slow, gradual diminishing of, that is a perfect picture of the aging process. It's a slow, gradual diminishing of your youth, your beauty, your liveliness, your energy, your strength, your mental capacity, your physical capacities, all of these things that came in in death. Now, I got saved when I was 23 years old. So in reality, if I had been taught that death had been abolished, which it says death through Jesus Christ, he abolished death, that slow, gradual diminishing of, I really believe that I could have prevented some of this aging that took place in my body because I didn't know that I could do anything about the death thing. So, boy, as soon as I learned that, I would start speaking life, resurrection life. That's what Jesus Christ is. He is resurrection life. And I think that fountain of youth that everybody is looking for is the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I have an aunt that's 94 years old, and she is spry. She is a Holy Ghost-filled woman, and she doesn't seem like a decrepit old lady. Now, in the last year or so, she's really, death is upon her. She is on her way out of this world. But up until the time she was 91, living in an assisted living place, and teaching a Bible study in the assisted living place at 91 years old. The Bible says that in our old age, we will be fat in our old age. And that means bountiful and fruitful and full of life and plump like fresh fruit. Not, I mean, we're talking like juicy grapes, not a prune or a raisin. (laughs) So that's the way we should be. There's another scripture that says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, And if you're a Holy Ghost-filled person, that life, that fountain, rivers of living water, you know, that means it's good water. It's not stagnant water. will be flowing in us. It says that it will quicken our mortal bodies, our flesh and blood bodies. It will give life to everything that's dead and dying in our bodies. It's almost like resurrection is like a renewing, like it says in Psalm 103, that our youth will be renewed as the eagles on a continuing basis. And so that's what we should be experiencing because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Yeah, not dry bones, brittle bones, osteoporosis. Exactly. But but you know what? Even though we came in with a curse, and again, I mean, it's not just the woman, of course, right. we know it happened to the serpent and the earth itself and, and Adam. But, you know, we are talking about the women curse. But guess what? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, it tells us in Galatians 3. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. I am thankful for that. And so, like you mentioned menopause. Okay. So I put a demand on Jesus whenever I was pregnant. And I had babies with no pain. Now, it was laborious. Don't get me wrong. It's hard pushing those babies out. But the pain was not there. Okay? Then, when I got a little older, and I I suffered terrible PMS. Oh, my gosh. I was just a maniac. So, I thought, now, wait a minute. If I can have no pain having babies, then there's got to be something I can do about this PMS because it's, It's not good what happens with me 
dealing with my family and stuff like that. So I started doing the same thing about the PMS. I would apply the blood of Jesus to my body and speak to my body for there not to be this gigantic change in my hormones. And it did get to where I quit having PMS. I also had migraine headaches. Now that one stuck with me for quite a while until I learned about the abortion spirit. I found out that that worked in my bloodline back through my grandmother, and my grandmother tried to abort my mother. It didn't work, thank God, but migraine headaches is is something that travels with that abortion spirit, as does female cancers and miscarriages and stillborn births, and there's many, many things. If if you've never heard that teaching, go back in the archives on Weekend Vigilante. We talked about the abortion spirit and all the things that it does. But when once I learned about that abortion spirit and the connection with the migraine headaches, broke that off and stopped having migraine headaches. So there is just so much in what Jesus Christ did for us that we have failed to be informed of so that we could appropriate it in our lives and have a lot less problems. Well, and not only do women have all these physical problems, but a lot of emotional problems too. I find that mostly the women that I counseled, 82% they say now of women are taking some kind of, well, whether they're hopped up on pharmacia, antidepressants, taking stuff for hormones, their bladder, irritable bowel, gluten allergies. I mean, we could just do a whole week of entire shows on the litany of all this stuff that people get diagnosed with. And one of the big things I've seen in the last few years, witch doctors, they don't know what it is, so they'll just lump it into chronic fatigue syndrome. You never heard of stuff like this 20 years ago. No. No, but you know what? In our society, I really do think that you've touched on a problem here. People are chronically fatigued because They are neglecting another thing that God gave to mankind, and that is the Sabbath rest. He commands us to have a Sabbath day of rest. But in our society, with the cell phones, with the tablets, with the computers, the laptops, all these gadgets that we have nowadays, we can cram a week's worth of work into one day almost. We're wearing ourselves down. So it it is important. You know what? When I got healed of depression, and see, depression was something else that doctors would tell you in and of itself is a disease. Yeah. Okay? In my case, I'm not speaking for anybody else, and I'm not saying this across the board, but what I learned in my case was depression was a symptom of an identity crisis because I did not know who I really was in Christ Jesus. I was healed through an encounter with Jesus. And one of the things that he said to me, well, he wanted me to stop trying to live up to everybody's expectations of me, even my own, because I had that strong Jezebel spirit and I was a perfectionist and I had all these expectations of what I was supposed to be as a wife and a mother and a woman and a daughter and all these things. I was driving myself absolutely insane, trying to be everything to everybody and being perfect at it. And so God said to me, I want you to live and move and have your being in my presence. 
You be about what I've called you to do, no more, no less, and you leave the rest of the mess to me. That was a load off of my shoulders. And he also said, you are the only one that lives in your body. You know when you're tired. You know when you're stressed. And when you get that way, you need to lay down and rest. Don't wait for somebody to suggest it to you. That's not going to happen. If you need to rest, you go rest and don't worry about what anybody says about it. Because there are people that are so driven that if you would lay down and take a nap, they would consider that laziness. But no, we have to take good care of our bodies. Most of us take better care of our cars and our homes than we do the temple that we live in. And that is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's so true. That is very true. Well, we've said this before, and I think we've even said this on another program. People often say to me, well, Sheila, I don't believe that there's curses. Well, would you call it a blessing? (laughs) Is menopause a blessing? (laughs) Are cramps a blessing? No, no. But it is a curse. I mean, it's called a curse in the Bible, for Pete's sake. So, yes, we do have curses, and, and some of them we bring on ourselves. But this particular curse that was put on woman and all of the women's problems that are encompassed in being a woman are part of the curse, and they can be broken off of our lives. Now I talk about it to anybody who will listen because I want young girls to know that you don't have to have these things that the world tells you that you have to have. The Bible says that it's the traditions of men, and that is how we live, our habits and our uh, our belief systems make the Word of God of no effect. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. If, you know what? I used to say uh, one of my favorite scriptures was, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But guess what? There is knowledge that can hurt you. Yeah. The knowledge that you have to have pain, the knowledge that you're going to have pain when you have a baby, That can hurt you because you don't even think about the fact that that curse was broken. Well, I'm pretty sure that tree was the tree of knowledge they weren't supposed to eat from. That's right. That's right. You know what? When computers came out, I know that they are a wonderful thing. You know, so is the television. So is everything. But I even said this to the Lord one day. I think it was because of the pornography problem that people have with the computers. And I was like, Lord, why does everything have to be spoiled? And he said, that is what happened when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If they had never done that, we would only know good. And that's what heaven is going to be. Even that is going to be restored back to us. We don't even have to wait till we get to heaven to have it. All of that stuff can be restored back to you right now. And I think this is, again, it goes back to, I find it disheartening, Carla, that we are living so far. You mentioned a word earlier, benefits. And we've said this before, you know, if somebody knew they had a a beneficiary or they had some kind of inheritance, they'd be down at that lawyer's office faster than we could say the word benefits. Right. So the point is, you know, one of the things we mentioned, of course, the word vexation a while ago, there's all this emotional, physical, spiritual pain, 
all the emails that you and I get, of course, you know, these talk about multiply thy sorrows. It's depression and oppression and heavy heartedness and grief and pains and sorrows. And it just grieves me that the church is not talking about this. And, you know, it's funny because last week I had asked some people to join me in a prayer taking dominion over that Hurricane Matthew that all these prognosticators were saying, oh, it's going to slam into the Atlantic coast. Florida, look out. There's going to be death tolls by the tens of thousands. And I said, no, we bind that and we're going to take dominion over that hurricane. And I'll tell you, I had so many people emailing me. I did a show where I said, agree with me in prayer and we're going to pray for America. We're going to pray for Donald Trump. You know, I suffer the witch not to live. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. I just threw that in there. But anyway, I said, we're going to pray against this hurricane. I had so many people that said, hey, you can't pray that. And I said, you know what? Jesus Christ is in me. I can and I will. You know, because the guy said, what are you, a witch? And I thought, well, you'll recognize a kingdom of darkness, but you right. don't recognize who we are in God? Right. That's terrible. Well, it's very true that that the world even the church, understands the powers of darkness better than they understand the power of God, because the power of God is so little demonstrated. But, you know, the dominion, I mean, I believe in that. The angels, I mean, he did not leave us here defenseless. No, he sure did not. Not only did he give us some powerful tools, but he gave himself for us. He offered himself up for our afflictions, all of these issues, all of this plethora of issues that plague us as women. And again, I could do two weeks worth of shows just talking about all the issues that we deal with from PMS to menopause to menstruation, depression and the worrying and the feeling like we're not understand by men. All of these issues, I believe, are wrapped up in this curse and we're going to deal with it by breaking it off you. And I want you to just receive this prayer. We're going to deal with it right now. Carla, lead us into a prayer, please, if you would. Yes, and let me just say this. When we're praying, if we do not call out something that you out there that are listening suffer from, you just speak it out as this prayer is going on and include it because you know, can't think of every single thing, but we're going to tackle a lot of the biggies. But I just wanted to say that because sometimes people are listening for their thing to be called out, and then when it's not, it's like, oh, oh I missed it. No, you just speak it out. In fact, you know, you're going to have to start being vigilant against these things. We have to take the kingdom of heaven and everything that belongs to us by force, and that means going after it and not stopping until you get it. Matthew eleven twelve. from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And that word violence means trouble and pressure. But the violent, and that word means the vitally active, energetic, and forceful. That should describe the church. Vitally active, energetic, and forceful. Take it, the kingdom of heaven, and everything that belongs to you by force. And the word force means going after it, and not stopping until you get it. Amen. So there's a lot in that one little scripture, and it all has to do with the kingdom of heaven and what Jesus Christ has obtained for us. But we're going to have to be vitally active, energetic, and forceful, and go after it. 
And so that's what we're going to do tonight concerning these women's issues that we've all, in one way or another, have suffered in our lifetime. Exactly. So, ladies, receive this prayer by faith because I'm going to tell you what, if you are a woman, you need to have this curse broken off you. I believe this is going to be a life-changing prayer. Just receive it by faith. Carla, go ahead. Well, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your shed blood that we can put a demand on it and be free from all of these women issues. Right now, I just break the curse of the woman, the curse that came on woman. I break it now off of of, off of your women. I come against all um, spirits of death and the curses that came through death. I speak life in the name of Jesus. I come against pregnancy problems, infertility, miscarriages, stillborn births, long, painful labors. I command you to go in Jesus' name. We break the curse of having cesarean sections, having to have DNCs or hysterectomies because of women's issues. I bind you and break your power and command you to get out of God's women's. I come against the aging problems, the eye issues, the teeth issues, rotting teeth, gum diseases, thinning hair, baldness, go in the name of Jesus. I break the power of diseases of the bones, osteoporosis, degenerative spine diseases, all diseases that have to do with degeneration, whether it's in the eyes, the bones. I speak to all of the organs in the name of Jesus, diseases of the organs. I come against heart disease and respiratory diseases and diabetes. You go in the name of Jesus. I come against cancer, women cancers, breast cancer, ovarian cancer. We break your power and command you to get out of God's women, cervical cancer, uterus cancer, yeast infections. Go. We speak death to those yeast infections and candida. In Psalm 91, it says, no noise and pestilence will come near our tent. And those two words, noise and pestilence, means any ill-smelling, infectious, contagious disease or virus. So I speak death to any bacterial and viral infections in the bodies in Jesus' name. Right now, you go in Jesus' name. I come against all menopausal problems, all the hot flashes, the drying skin, wrinkling, sagging. In the name of Jesus, hot flashes, I bind you and break your power, and I forbid you to come in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against age spots and dark spots and dark circles under the eyes and wrinkles and, and all sagging in the name of Jesus. I just speak resurrection life into our bodies right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against all problems with your cycles, debilitating cramps. I come against bloating and swelling, all inflammation, headaches, migraine headaches all symptoms of PMS, mood swings, you go, depression, oppression, suicidal thoughts, anger and rage, loss of control, go in the name of Jesus. All anger at men, just being angry at men, Adam anger, Eve anger, being angry with women, you go, we break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. And we break off of men and women, that midlife crisis that they go through, that they think they have to have a younger woman or a younger man. I break that lie in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against 
demonic weight gain. There's that lie that every year you'll be 10 pounds heavier. I come against all eating disorders in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against mental problems. You know, a long time ago, women would lose their minds when they went through menopause. I bind all mental problems in the name of Jesus Christ. Confusion. I bind the fear of Alzheimer's right now. And if you have Alzheimer's, I command that Alzheimer's to get out of you in the name of Jesus Christ. All dementia, all arthritis, you go in the name of Jesus, being stiff and having those knobby fingers and knobby knees. I command that arthritis to get out of you in the name of Jesus Christ. All bloating and swelling, constipation, inflammation, all inflammation in the body, we break your power and command you to go. You know what dis-ease means? Dis-ease. Any form of anything that is causing dis-ease in your body because you are a woman that came with the curse, I break it now in the name of Jesus and command it to leave you. Get out. We thank you, Jesus, that you suffered everything that was supposed to come to us. You suffered it on the cross. We thank you for it now. We receive it graciously right now and apply the shed blood of Jesus to our bodies. And we say, bodies live. I speak resurrection life. I speak vitality. I speak fruitfulness. I speak youthfulness in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we just thank you right now that we are no longer cursed but blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, we'll receive that by faith. Absolutely powerful. Thank you, Carla, so much for laying out this very important teaching on the curse of the woman. Thank you for that very powerful prayer. Folks, you can get a hold of Carla at CarlaButod.com. Her website is linked on the bio today. That's CarlaButod.com. Carla, thank you so much for coming on the program Thank you for your time, and do come back and see us soon. Thank you for letting me share, Sheila. It's a delight. Thanks, Carla. Folks, again, that was Miss Carla Butod, minister from Texas. If you're a new listener and you've not heard it before, you can catch up on all our past shows that include deliverance prayers also by going to the archives at weekendvigilante.com. Simply click on Show Archives you'll see a drop-down menu that says Deliverance Radio. All our shows are archived there. You'd be doing yourself a favor to go back and listen, especially if you've had an abortion. That applies even to men that were contributors to women that had abortions. That is such a strong death curse. I really encourage people to go back in the archives and listen to them. And of course, get Power Prayers, the book in your hand by going to powerprayers.ca. There is nothing out there like that book. Do get it. We also understand that it is supposed to be available on Kindle. We're trying to sort through that. But in any event, get yourself a copy of this book and get a copy for your friends, your family, your pastor. I personally think, and I'm sure Carla will agree with me, that this is one of our most important assignments to date. Absolutely life-changing. Tomorrow on the program... John Terrell, minister from Sacramento, California, is going to lay out part three of soul damage. You're not going to want to miss that. I do want to remind you that this broadcast is 100% listener 
supported, commercial free, no ads, no sponsors, for good reason. I am asking for your financial support to keep this broadcast on the air. And I thank you in advance for that. We will see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless you.